It's the Urban Parlay with your host, Sandra DuBose. Vibe with the tribe that'll take your stress away. Right here on the Urban Parlay. Bonjour, and welcome to the Urban Parlay podcast. I'm your host, Sandra DuBose, and boy, do I have a treat for you today. I have uh, the pleasure of talking to one of the coolest comedians I have ever met. His name is Les Long, but first, let me tell you a little bit about Les. There's so much that I could say, but just get ready. Get ready to laugh, because, you know, during this time, especially during the pandemic, I don't know about you, but laughter has really helped me to get through, especially those hard days. And just like the quote says, you know, laughter is the best medicine. And it really is, you know, for me, some days I would just turn on, whether it's Netflix or something, and just turn on a comedian, you know, and so just to laugh and take my mind off of things. And so I I have so much respect for the the talent of comedians to be able to, even in the midst of a storm or a difficult time, to bring that light, to bring that love and and center us all in laughter. So Les Long, he has such a a long list of all the wonderful places he's performed. He's a a native of Lewisburg, North Carolina. He is the self-proclaimed country comedian. So he's gonna tell us a little bit about that. But in his career, he's had the, pleasure of sharing the stage with people like Uncle Charlie Wilson, Patti LaBelle, Mary J. Blige, Steve Harvey, Marvin Sapp. I mean, the list goes on and on. And he has this really great bit he's going to tell us about. It's called The Raggedy Christian. I'm just going to go ahead on record and let everybody know he's talking about me. I would be that raggedy Christian. So he's going to get into that just a little bit. I am guilty of such things. And I know you are too. But what I love about Les also is that he is a family comedian. So he's really great for clean comedy. So I want you to keep him in mind when you have those great events coming up, whether it's your family or what have you, Les is the man. But you're going to learn more about that right now. So without further ado, I'm happy to bring you on to the Urban Parlay podcast. Mr. Les Long, welcome. Well, I welcome you once. I welcome you twice. I welcomed you in the name of Jesus. That's how my grandma would have brought you in, you know, at church when I was growing up. You know, yes. you, you got to do that triple welcome and hit them with that coffin in the name of Jesus. Amen. Yeah, that's that's, that's what I come from. Yeah. <laughs> Me too, which which goes to show that I am a raggedy Christian because I didn't even welcome you properly. I'm I'm getting off to a bad start here, Les. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're supposed to welcome me. You're supposed to bring me in like grandma would have. <laughs> Just after the ushers in the choir marching. <laughs> you know, them old, them old, them old saints had that way. They would they would march in. You know, you supposed to brought me in like that, right? You know, you know, you know how they do. Um, introduce the song. <laughs> And present to others. Amen. <laughs> That's exactly right. Forgive me. Forgive me. Next time I got you. Next time I got you. Yeah, I'll let you slide this time. Thank you, know. you sir. I know, I know you rang. I'm trying to help you get there. And you know I know better. I do know better. It's all good. Less long. There's so much I want to talk to you about. I mean, where do we start? So I've known less. It's probably been it's at least 10 years now. Um, that we've known each other. You had your own talk show at one point called The Less Long Show. And I was a guest on your show, singing on your show back in the day. So first of all, you know, I would like to know, I haven't seen you in a month of Sundays, more than that. What you been up to? I mean, it's the pandemic going on, all these different things. How have you been and what have you been up to lately, Les? Well, you know, the pandemic, you know, canceled. Yeah. I would say 98% of all the shows that I had in um, when the pandemic hit. My last performance in uh, 2020 was like March 13th. Wow. I didn't perform again probably until like 
September, October. And it was it was virtual slash in person. Right. I, I think after March 13th, I might have performed maybe three times. Mm-hmm. And uh, which for comedians, you know, we get rusty. We are better when we are, we are active. Right. So how did that impact you? Because I know for me as a performing artist as well, that took me through a little bit of a depression having to be home all the time when our jam is people, you know, connecting, being out on the scene, doing our thing. And so I definitely felt that on a very personal level, having to stay home and not being able to connect and do the things that I love. How did that impact you during that that season? We're just and it, we're just being honest here. You know, I really just want oh, I want people to really hear our hearts. You know, we're not this is not show business right now. This is just two friends talking about the reality of what it takes to get through and to do the things that we love. Um, I mean, of course, you know, it hurt me financially. Oh yeah. Um, performing was probably almost at some points three-fourths of my income. Wow. So probably hurt me more financially than, than anything, just, just being honest. You know, it was a blessing that, you know, I had some other things that I could do that I really kind of took for granted. And But the one thing that I want to say is I didn't miss performing. You did not, you said? It didn't bother me a bit. Other than the, the financial piece of it, I didn't miss it, and, and which I thought, I thought that to be weird. Hmm. that I, I did miss it. I mean, I had been doing it for so long, so many concerts and clubs, and and of course, the churches think they own me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, you know, they, and they got me hooked with all kinds of titles that I didn't ask for, but if you're paying me, I'll let you call me whatever you want. <laughs> Good to know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, they, you know I, get, I get introduced as gospel comedian, Christian comedian, uh, minister of laughter. And I'd just be sitting there like, really, that's what they said? <laughs> and, uh, you know, I'd be like, all right, cool. You know, I'm going to go out here. I'm going to be less long. And um, and as long as they got my name spelled right on the check or got my cash, all right, I'll be whoever. <laughs> um, and don't get me wrong, you know, I'm, I'm spiritual. I'm not going to say I'm Baptist or I'm, Jehovah Witness or Seven Day of Venice or Pentecostal. I'm spiritual. I believe in a higher power. Okay. I believe in God and all the rest of it. That's for that's for them other people. Okay. So, question for you: Did you grow up in church? Since you, a, a, yeah. a big part of your fan base and your supporters are the church. You know. So, what denomination did you grow up in? I, I grew up a Baptist. Did you? Yeah, I grew up a Baptist, and I'm still a member of the church that I originally was a member of when I was a kid. Okay. You know, and I'm, I'm not ashamed of it, and, I'm, and I'm, I'm cool with it, but other than the fact of my name is on the roll at a Baptist church in my hometown, mm-hmm. um, I don't go out shouting out, I'm a Baptist. <laughs> okay. You know, you know, some people wear that as a bad, you know, they wear they wear their denomination like a badge. I'm like, I'm a blood, I'm a crip. Yeah, what? It's true. What? <laughs> you know, yes. In my opinion, one of the outside of the police departments, I think uh black church is the is the biggest gang in America. Gang, 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 gang. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, I mean, because you got these you got these church folk that don't think they that you're supposed to attend another church. Yeah. And the pastors will call, some of these old country pastors will call you out. We missed you the past few Sundays. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> you you missed me because they, they, they learn over the years. Don't come at me like that. We missed you the past couple Sundays. <laughs> yeah, I was, at some, I was at somebody else. Right. I was at somebody else church. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Somebody yeah. else got your money. <laughs> <laughs> that was the real concern. <laughs> Right. I, I'm, I'm not making up for the Sundays, you know, that I that I miss. You ain't finna get that all in one lump. <laughs> Somebody else got that. <laughs> so you can miss me with what you talking about. Yeah, that's exactly right, though. I mean, that's that's part of the journey, right? Our spiritual journey, um, having grown up in church as well, you know, steeped in those type of very, I would say, the dogma of those religions and all of those 
restrictions. You know, you kind of have to really learn how to find your own way and what works for you, you know, and what, what title, if a title at all, really is authentic to the way you want to identify yourself. So I respect that. But, you know, church is always, it's home. It's where we, where we grew up, where we got our start. So talk to me about being a raggedy Christian. Where did the inspiration for that whole bit come from? Something I used to say a lot, you know, to refer to people that I may have had a dislike for or just didn't, you know, like how they presented themselves or how they carried themselves. I would say, look at them with your raggedy ass. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So let me say it like this. When I when I got into what's called clean comedy. Yeah. I was rare in the state of North Carolina. Okay. So it gave me a niche. So I just took something that I said with the, what's the, what's the term F bomb in it? Yeah. Right. Right. Because I still felt the same way, but I couldn't go in church saying with your raggedy ass. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I hope not. (laughs) From what I can remember, it was almost like I was, I was doing a show in a clean setting, because I'm always in my set, but all y'all almost made me cuss. Right, right. And, and I said, with your raggedy. And then I said, you raggedy Christian. Good. <laughs> and the crowd, the crowd gave me this like, whoop, like, woo, what? <laughs> and it was like, a, it was like, it was like that whoosh. Yeah. That was, that was somebody who booty don't smell good and they sit down beside you. <laughs> And then that 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 whoosh come up, you know, it come it come up. Oh my god! <laughs> so they was quiet uh-huh. when I said it, and then it was like, ah, oh god, they was laughing. I was like, so I said it again, raggedy Christian, make me sick, raggedy self. Yeah. And I got this response that was so like over, like almost overwhelming. Yeah. And I just made, I made a mental note. I said, I got something. Yeah, yeah. So so now I got, you know, I got to figure out how do I work this? How do I make this part of my signature thing that people will, will know me for? Sure, sure. So let me be real clear. You hear anybody, any comedian anywhere saying something about a raggedy Christian, they stole it from me. I know I was the first, I was the first one that did it. And this, you talking about, you talking about, 13, 14 years ago. Right, 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 right. So anyway, that that's 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 so the, the, the meaning behind it is in a, in, 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 a, in, a, in a in essence is relating to spirituality. Mm-hmm. A, a raggedy Christian is somebody that believes in God like myself. Mm-hmm. They believe in a high power. They 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 want to abide by the rules of the word. As best they can, they want. They want. They want to. They want to hit them ten commandments, like bam, bam, bam. I got it. Right, right, right. You know, and all the and all the other supporting doctrines that come along beneath the commandments. Right, right. But we 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 kind of like Cedric Entertainer said about Luther Vandross's curl. What? It never quite curled. You know he. You know, Luther had the money he had. Oh his, curl, his curl, it never, a lot of time, quite hooked all the way over into it. You know, you know, you had them cousins that wore curls. <laughs> Everybody had a cousin that wore Gerald curls way longer than they were supposed to, but the curl never quite curled all the way. It was never a full curl. Some of the curls was like hooked. Just, just hooked over. You know, <laughs> You know, it just never quite got all the way into a full curl. You know, it was a it was a half a curl. And they would have a whole head full of half a curls. I mean, it looked like they had claws in their head. You know, because it, the curl never quite curled all. They had a head full of hooks that was half. Oh, my God. I mean, can't you picture this? Can't you, you can picture your own. Everybody had that great aunt or that auntie or that uncle. <laughs> that uncle that, that had, he had had not a hair his whole life. And then they came out with the curl. <laughs> he said, oh, I'm going to kill him now. <laughs> I got good hair. Lord have mercy. Thank you, Jesus. I got good hair. <laughs> but that curl, never, 
that girl that never quite take all the way in their head, that never quite took all the way. <laughs> and that was because of all the weed and, 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 and liquor and stuff that they were smoking. And it just it, there was a chemical imbalance. That's why the curl, <laughs> that's why they curl never looked like the curl that was on the box. On the box, right? <laughs> he didn't have that, he didn't quite have that soul glow they were talking about. <laughs> it wasn't worth yeah, it. It, it never. <laughs> comedians that you look up to or I guess try to pattern yourself after you know to, to some to you know take little piece bits and pieces you know we're all inspired by other people and so it's almost a compliment if somebody says you know you remind me of so-and-so so who are your people that you look up to well you know I, I'm gonna be honest with you yeah. when I when I decided to get into comedy um the person that was my inspiration because our stories were certain parts of his story was similar to mine. Mm -hmm. Growing up, you know, in a country area, having some very outspoken uh, family members who, who had, who could have been, could have very well been comedians themselves. Mm -hmm. um, you know, some people love this guy. Some people hate him, you know, it is what it is. He was my he was my inspiration because I uh, and it was Steve Harvey. Really? Okay. Steve Harvey was was my inspiration to 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 get in a comedy because at the time, all he had was his radio show. Okay. And my job allowed us to have radios and stuff in our cubicles. Okay. And um and the area that I worked in, it was a station in the area that they played the Steve Harvey Morning Show. Mm -hmm. Um, there was a lot of people who didn't didn't get to hear Steve back in the mid 2000s because he was only on. He wasn't people in Raleigh really couldn't hear him unless they tuned into a station in Greensboro and then always didn't come in clear. Oh wow! Okay. And it was a, so the station I heard him on was in Rocky Mountain, North Carolina. So I became a fan, and it was people like, "Why you like him?" I said, "Because I hear him every day." Mm -hmm. And, and a lot of people in North Carolina didn't get to hear. Mm. And to me, this was before, you know, he had had the Steve Harvey television show many years prior to that. Right. But it was out of existence. So all he had was this radio show and he put his all into that radio show. Right. Cause that was all he had at that time. Mm -hmm. So to me, and he still was, he still was performing. Right. Doing stand up. He was still doing stand-up. Right. So all he had was that radio show to promote and propel himself to stay relevant and keep getting bookings. Right. So that Steve Harvey was my dude. Okay. I'm not saying I don't like who he is now. Sure. But who he is now and what he was then is two different Steve. Is it to you? You think so? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he may, he may beg to differ. It ain't gonna change my opinion of him being my inspiration. Sure, sure. But but but, but when you ain't got nothing, when you when you ain't got nothing, and this is all you got, right? You got a whole nother attitude. Yeah, you go harder. You, yeah, it's different. You go harder because that's all he had. Right. And he would say every day is by the grace of God that I see that I got this opportunity. Right. And I felt that. I felt it. Yeah. And he came up country part of West Virginia. Mm -hmm. I came up um, in Franklin County. Yeah. Lewisburg area. So some of the things he would talk about, I could relate to. Mm -hmm. And then some of the struggles he had, I could relate to them. Okay. And, and I could identify with him. So, you know, I always thought I was funny, but, you know, I, I'm, I'm from Lewisburg and I'm, you know, I, I, I came up in, in the 70s. Mm -hmm. So it, it, it wasn't no other comedians that came from Lewisburg. So when I used to watch Comic View, I used to always say to myself, I think I could do that. Yeah. Comic View was big. Right. You know, so now we're gonna speed, we're gonna speed forward, you know, to the late to the 80s and the 90s. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm watching Comic View and I'm like, man, I think I could do that. 
because everybody was, man, you tell the best stories, da 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 da, da. Mm-hmm. But I'm from Lewisburg in the 80s, coming out of high school, going to college. So how do you be a comedian? I had no example. I had nowhere to go. It wasn't no school for it. Right, right. I didn't know any comedians personally. Okay. So it was something that was in my mind that I thought I could do, but how do you do it? And I'm glad you said that because that was my next question. Because part of part of my intention for this podcast is to be able to provide a, a source of inspiration for other adults like you and me who maybe they had that same idea or passion or gift and maybe didn't find their path and still ruminating on how can I still give birth to become the person I wanted to be and do the thing I've always wanted to do. Cause as we know, sometimes life, you'll get stuck. You get a job, you work in that nine to five, you never get that way out. You never get that in. So people like us, even though we're still on our path, we're not where we want to be, but thank God we gotten where we, we are so far. How did you find your way with all of those variables? You're in the country. You don't have those, you know, it's not like New- I grew up in New York city, so I ain't got no excuse. I mean, I'm in the concrete jungle, big city of dreams. You know, there was a lot of access that I had to the performing arts in different ways, but how did you find your start? When, when was that moment? And did you finally meet that person and have that big break or how did it begin for you? Um, I, I worked at a, at a at a manufacturing plant. We built engines. They built diesel engines mm-hmm. in, um, in Rocky Mountain, North Carolina. And uh, I had a group of guys that I ate lunch with every day. Mm-hmm. And then I was kind of popular within those four walls. You know, my dad had been there for some years and everybody knew Les Long Senior. Mm-hmm. And, you know, here I come. And um, I mean, that's that's. His name gave me my stage name. Oh wow! Okay, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't go by less. I didn't start going by less long until right about nineteen ninety. And then when I decided to get into comedy, you know, I was trying to, you know, I was thinking of names. You know, everybody was, you know, Cedric the Entertainer, Earthquake, right? You know, you know, all these these real cool names, mm-hmm. you know, and um, and I, I I had a lot of respect for my father. But how, you know, how he always provided for me and my mother and sometimes took the back and sometimes took the back burner for himself. Mm-hmm. So I had, you know, I had love and respect for that. And so people were already calling me. I mean, it's my name, but it wasn't what I went by. I had been in the street for a little while. You know, I had a little street name. I had a little ladies, ladies man name, and, you know, <laughs> uh, so I had all these names, you know, even right now, if I'm in, if somebody calls me by a certain name, I know what era of my life you met me in. Right, right. You know, and um, that's how I got the name. But back to the how I got there, mm-hmm. working in that facility, I always had the ability to, that it, it would be tense moments because I had a job that was like real important. I was the master schedule. So I didn't schedule the people. Mm-hmm. I scheduled the work for the people. Okay. Which was a which was a, a high profile job. Everybody okay. in the building knew who I was. Okay. Because I could shut the plant down or I could keep the plant going. Mm-hmm. Everybody knew. When I would go out on the floor, people would be like, oh, we're gonna work all day today. <laughs> gonna, do we got to work this weekend. Are we gonna get into overtime this month? Right. And they knew I knew the answer. Okay. And they knew I control that. Yeah. So it put me in a lot of it put me in the presence of a lot of decision makers. Okay. And even when things would get crucial, we'd be in these meetings with all these big wigs and they would ask me stuff and, you know, I always just, even when it was like a meeting that they was mad because we couldn't work. Yeah. Or they was mad because we had to work too much. Yeah. And, and it was, you know, you could, you could cut, you could cut the, the intensity with a knife. Right, right, right. I always had the ability without trying and sometimes unbeknown to myself mm. 
to say some things. They would say, well, Les, what do you feel about this, that, and And I would answer the question, but it would be, it would end up being funny, mm. but truthful. Yeah. Sometimes it was hurtful, but truthful, okay. but it had a funny delivery. Okay. So it would take all these powerful men and women and they would sit there and be like, ah, okay, all right, so we can't work this week, you know. Right. <laughs> and, you know, other people in the room be like, I thought they were going to eat him alive when he got in here. And now he walking out the room with him laughing. They patting him on the back. And he tell him, we can't work and we go, we're not going to make X amount of hundreds of thousand dollars this weekend. They happy about it. <laughs> How'd you do that, Les? <laughs> um, let me say this. What God gave me between my nose and my chin, I, I don't take it for granted. It's a real gift. Okay. I could take something that happened to you yeah. that was funny to, to both of us when you told it, mm -hmm. and I could take it and I could like, embellish it yeah. and take it to a whole nother level. Sure, sure, sure. So people recognized that, and it was people who I had respect for. They had more money than me. They had bigger titles than me. Mm -hmm. and, and it was those people who kept coming to me saying, man, you gift, you got a talent, man. You need to, you need to do something with that, man. You funny, brother. You funny, man. You, you, you got something. You never thought about doing comedy. I was like, yeah, but you know, how do you do that? Yeah, right. Where you start. So what these people started doing, they went and done the research. No way. And they started coming to me saying, I didn't, I had never, I didn't know I'm country. I ain't know nothing about no open mic. What's an open mic? <laughs> right. And so they were coming to me, man. I never forget it. One of the first places I ever did open mic at was Zydeco's downtown Rock. Oh, I miss Zydeco's. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I had never even heard of Zydeco. <laughs> right. Zada who? Zada who? Zydeco. Right. Zydeco. Right. Is she related to a lot of coke? Cause I slept with her. I know Lotico. Well, she's something there. Lotico off the chain. Right. So is, is Zotico related to Lotico smell? <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I had been a lot of places. Yeah. But I wasn't in on certain scenes mm -hmm. because it wasn't what I came from. Okay. You know, I did the other type clubs. You know what I'm saying? I did the Plum Crazies and the, and, and, and you know, and you know, I'll tell my age. You know, I did the. Plum crazies and the fevers and and and, and um tremors and, okay. and and you know and all that you know ebony and ivory and, and, and you know yeah um you know I went the spectrum you know LJ came I'm I'm telling people I'm, I'm making sure people who see this who 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 know me you know right. be like oh he, he, I remember that you know I'm at Club Forty Three right you know <laughs> um so I didn't know nothing about this little spot downtown Raleigh yeah. So they start coming to me with phone numbers and addresses like Zodicos. I had heard of Charlie Goodnights, mm -hmm. but I didn't know. I knew it was a comedy spot, but I didn't know. I only thought you had to be famous to go in. I didn't know they had nights that you could be nobody and go in there. So they started feeding me all this information mm -hmm. and telling me, you know, if you're going to go, we'll all be there. Yeah, yeah. So that's what did it. What I love about that story is that the script the scripture that comes to mind is that how your gift will make room for you girl come on i mean i'm just saying because it it doesn't there is no one way to do it right but i feel like god has gifted us with talents and skills and it it is his intention for us to use it and we may not know how but you know what i'm hearing is that everybody kept confirming for you if it was a question yep. in your mind it was the feedback and it followed you everywhere you went, wherever you go, there you are. Right. And so that light right. inside of you, that beautiful gift to be able to make people laugh and have that kind of natural leadership and an ability to tell stories, no matter what setting you're in, it just keeps coming up and it's an undeniable gift that other people will keep pushing and saying, you've got to do this. I love that how other people was able to do the research, make it happen, say, yo, this is what you need to do. And that's a, that's a lot of time what it looks like, 
you know, but we have to have enough courage to be able to step into it and to trust that to say why everybody keeps saying the same thing. We must be on to something. Let me let me do my part and show up for the opportunity. So when you did that and you started, did you did you absolutely know, like once you finally got on stage, at what point in this process did you begin to say, I'm on to something. I need to take myself seriously. Like, this is not a joke. This is for real, for real. I could be the next Steve Harvey if I really put my mind to it. I could do this thing. What was right. that turning point for you? Um, I had won an opportunity to go to the Steve Harvey Neighborhood Awards. Okay. And um, man, I went in as the cooking comedy. You had to cook and you had to be able to explain what you was cooking and what you used. And I, I ended up in the top three out of thousands of people applied and they ended up with 10 people from across the United States. The 10 people, Steve Harvey flew them out to Las Vegas for three days, two nights. Uh, and I went and I came in, I ended up coming in third place out of 10 people. And about seven of them were actual chefs. Okay. So I can cook too. That's a whole nother. Obviously. Segment. That's dope. Okay. Yeah. So um, in that process, I met a radio host that I had won the opportunity through. And I was telling him I wanted to, you know, I was like, man, I'm a comedian, you know, I'm really pursuing trying to be a comedian. And he kind of told me I didn't want to be that. That's a hard life, yada, yada, yada. Oh. I ain't care what he said. Time went on and he called me one day and said, hey, you, you told me you wanted to be a comedian or you being a comedian. I was like, yeah. He said, well, I, the radio station is giving a show. Um, would you be interested in being on? Okay. I was like, heck yeah. I said, y'all gonna say my name on the radio? Y'all gonna tell people I'm gonna be there? <laughs> he was like, he was like, yeah. I said, well, yeah, we're gonna be a whole lot of folk there. <laughs> I said, a whole lot of people know last long. He was like, you know, he was like, yeah, right. I went back to work. I went back to work. Yeah. Told a few people I was gonna be there. Three quarters of the crowd was folks from that plant. Are you serious? <laughs> paid, paid money. Wow. To see a country food. And, uh, so I remember being backstage mm. and I have nervous energy, not nervous that I'm scared. I, I like to move. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to make myself sit here and talk to you. I like to move. Okay. <laughs> so I was, I was backstage and I'm moving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm walking around and, you know, I never get a hat on a, a, like a navy blue linen suit. Okay. With a, with, a, with a V-neck T-shirt on and some white sneakers, mm-hmm. little chain around my neck and whatnot. <laughs> and I, I got one or two of my homeboys, they with me, you know. Yeah. Got my little entourage, you know what I'm saying? A little entourage. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm doing the whole nine, you know. And this is my first show. Yeah, yeah. And so the, the guy, the DJ, he seen me backstage moving moving around and prancing around. Yeah. He was like, yeah. He was like, I never forget it. He was like, yeah, you're nervous, thanks. Yeah, it's one thing to make your family and friends laugh, but it's a whole nother thing go out there in front of folks who really don't know you. Wow. Or never seen you perform. Yeah. He said, yeah, I see you moving around. You're nervous, you're scared, ain't you? I said, no. I said, no, I'm ready to do. Okay, okay. I said, this ain't, this ain't fear. This is, I'm ready for you to say my name. <laughs> Been waiting for this my whole life, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. And so he kind of he kind of chuckled. Yeah. And I never forget it. He went out there on stage. And said, yeah, I got a guy that been calling me and talking to me. Paul, can I do this? Paul, can I do that? <laughs> Paul, please let me be on this. Yeah, this is his first time coming out. So y'all make it feel good. Put your hands together for less long. Yeah, yeah. I never forget that. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, did he really introduce me like that? <laughs> we, we, I'm coming across the stage, and he hand me the mic, and I dap him with the other hand. Yeah. And I look, and I looked at him. I said, "You watch this." Uh oh, tore it down, shut it down. Didn't even know what the hell I was doing. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm serious. Really? I mean, I had came, I had came up with some little stuff. Yeah. That only one, only one homeboy had heard. Right, right, right. You didn't even test it out good. <laughs> I love it. I ain't had nothing. I ain't had nothing but courage. <laughs> I love it. I love that. A damn, a damn fool. Basically. <laughs> 
I went out there in my little blue linen suit, in my little white beat neck t-shirt, in my little white sneakers, some Adidas. Wow. My Adidas. And I put them on a fantastic tall what? Man, I went out there and I healed it for about 20 minutes straight. Did you? Did you? Oh my God. Got a standing ovation. Oh. It was oh wow. I I still was not ready. Hmm. Talk about that. I had so many bad shows. Did you? Oh my God. I'm so glad you said that. Let's help somebody today. Tell me about the bad shows. Keep it real. <laughs> I had so many bad shows. I never got booed. The Sandman didn't come for you, huh? Right. I've never been booed. I've never so bad that they just booed me. So, so what did you take away from all of that? Like, did it did it make you then go back into the shed and work on your stuff? Man, let me tell you something. In this business, <laughs> yeah. See, you you can sing. Yeah. And nine times out of ten, when you open when you open your mouth, it's gonna come out right. And even if you crack, even if you crack a little bit here and there, you know how to overcompensate on the end to make up for the crack. Yeah, I cracked a little bit. Jesus, I cracked. Yeah, but, but you wait how you watch how in your mind you'll say you watch how I end. It. I'm gonna end it so hard they gonna forget about the crack. That's true. Comedians, a lot of times we don't have that option. Huh? At least I didn't at that time. Okay. So in this business, every comedian has quit one million times. Okay. If, if a comedian tells you they never had a bad night, they ain't never performed. <laughs> <laughs> that part <laughs> right that part right if a comedian tells you that they never had a bad night they have never performed or they haven't performed much right right as good as i think i am now mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i have a crowd every now and then that just don't like less long okay oh jesus <laughs> that i love that and thank you for your transparency so with that, what advice then would you give to up and coming comedians? Because clearly the one thing you is mandatory that you have is some thick skin because comedy is subjective. There is no people. It just depends. Some people like dry humor. Some people like the raunchy, crazy stuff. Other people like clean comedy. I mean, it's it's not a one size fits all. Right. And so you right. have to be able to develop thick skin. You clearly have to have a certain level of confidence in yourself because you can't go up there with your knees knocking. You got to be able to stand in it and deliver your jokes. But what advice would you give to these up and coming comics who desire, who, who recognize that they have a gift and they want to get out and start making the world laugh? What would you say? Well, one of the first things I'm going to tell you, and, th and this right here, this this isn't just for comedians. Okay. This is for anyone that possesses any type of talent. Then I'll go with the comedian. Mm -hmm. For me, I didn't ask to be a comedian. Okay. I never prayed. I never prayed to be a comedian. Okay. Until after I got into it, then, of course, I would pray for good shows. But back up. I didn't ask to be a comedian. I wasn't walking around aspiring to be a comedian. Is that right? Okay. I thought it was something I can do, but as I said earlier, I didn't know where to do it at, so I had other career, a, a different type of career path sure. set for myself. Okay. Okay? Yeah. So, that's one part. Mm -hmm. it, it wasn't what I was looking to become in life. I didn't, as a kid, now, as a kid, I knew I, I always was fascinated. I wanted to be on TV, but I I wanted to be on the radio. Okay. Um, you know, I wanted to do those things, but being a comedian was not part of it. Okay. My point that I'm about to make is people are going to hate you sometimes and dislike you, mm -hmm. have problems with you, take issue with you, for a gift that you didn't even ask for. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. People are going to not like you, hate on you, mm -hmm. try to do everything they can to bring you down 
for a gift mm. that you didn't ask for. Like you got blessed to be able to sing. And it's people that don't like you. Yeah. Because you can sing and you didn't ask God to give you the ability to sing. It just kind of happened. Right. And you got haters and detractors and, and, and all these people. Yeah. That got a problem with you because of a gift you didn't ask God for. Right, right. Accept that. And if you can accept that, then the rest of it will kind of play out. Because let me say this. God gave everybody a gift. Yes, he did. I don't care what your infirmities are. I don't care if you don't have legs. I don't care if you don't have arms. I don't care if you can't talk. I don't care if you can't see. Mm -hmm. I don't care if you have thinking issues. I don't care what shortcomings you have. Come on now. Somewhere within all of that that you think is a problem. Right. God gave you one something. Yeah. And in some cases, multiple something. Indeed. Yes. That you can do better than most people you come across. Naturally. Naturally. Mm Mm-hmm. The main thing is figure out what your gift is. Right. Because God loves all of us equally. So don't ever think because somebody's a millionaire, God love them better. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Or because somebody's, as they would say, dirt poor, God loves them less. Any less, indeed. He loves all of us equally. Amen. And all of us have gifts and talents that he designed just for us right what you have to do is figure out what your thing is Mm -hmm. and capitalize on everybody's thing is not going to do what it has done for you and i put us in front of thousands right so sometimes you got to accept i'm not going to be famous right i'm not going to be well known right but i'm real good at this i got buddies that cut grass for a living and they make a hundred they make six figures Cutting grass. That's their gift. Right. It is. They landscape. That's their gift. Yeah, they love it. Yeah, no doubt. I got homeboy, this truck driver making six figures every year. Mm-hmm. That's their gift. Right. So don't get caught up in the hype of somebody else's gift. Figure out what your, your gift may be a silent gift. Come on now. It may be a silent gift. I love that. But that gift, that gift will make room for you. So don't don't get and, and, and let me say this: be careful about wanting want another man or another woman's blessings or what you perceive to be a blessing. Because mm-hmm. everything that looks like a blessing for somebody ain't is not always a blessing. It can be a double-edged sword. Right. And some things that are a blessing, mm-hmm. it is a blessing. Sure. But you don't know what that man or woman had to endure or had to go through or what they are dealing with right now in order to be the person that you think you want to be. (laughs) Amen. Be careful. Careful. Don't want another man or another woman's blessing or what you perceive to be a blessing because you don't know what they're going through or what they had to do in order to get what you see as a blessing, which could be a curse for them. Mm. You preaching now. Everybody that got it good in your eyesight ain't got it as good as you think. And how they got what you perceive to be as good, it might be all devil's work. Yes. Because everybody you think in heaven ain't there. Everybody you think going, not going to be there. So my point is this. Take what you have and make it work. Yeah. I don't care what it is. If you good at planting flowers, figure out how to figure out, if you got a green thumb, figure out how to make that green thumb put some extra money in your pocket. Sure. If you know how to apply makeup, figure out how to figure out making apply makeup part of what you do. You don't necessarily quit what you got, but take that and start small. That's good. If you know how to sew, mm-hmm. you know how to cut grass, you, you have a way with people. You, you got a leadership skill. Maybe you used to be in law enforcement. Maybe you used to be a law. And everything you do ain't going to make you famous. But it can provide for you. If you are a good floor sweeper, then maybe you should be a have a cleaning business. Mm-hmm. As far as being a comedian, the way it is now, all you need is a doggone cell phone. If you had to ask me this 
10 years ago, I'd have had a whole nother answer for how do you become a famous comedian? Because you got people now who become famous because of cell phones and social media, and they funny on cell phones, social media, but then you see them live in person a lot of time, they don't have a show. And see, I'm so glad you brought that up. That was my next question in, in regards to the social media comedians, right? It's a different game. It's just like the entertainment industry is always changing. So whether it's music, fashion, it doesn't right. matter. The, the, the way that you know a real artist who's super talented is that they have the ability to reinvent themselves. They can right. still go back to the drawing board and figure out how can I still stay relevant in this new era that we're in? What do I need to do differently? How can I, how can I find myself in this new arena? So what would you say about that? Like you started to talk about with the social media and the comedians. And I love that you made that point just because you see somebody on YouTube or on Instagram and they're doing, and they have all these camera tricks and all this kind of stuff, but you go see them live. They may not have, they don't have a show. Well, it's, it's the same thing with you being a singer. You know, it's a lot of people who got platinum records and they got practicing records because they, they really couldn't sing. They had all the tune and acoustics. That part, yes. You know, it's a lot of people who made it in the in the singing industry who really, if you tell them to sing acapella. They got nothing. Got nothing. Right. So it's the same way with these people with these phones and these camera tricks and these angles and, and, and making funny faces and mm -hmm. dressing up and and and, and sequencing the the, 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 the the skit. Sure. And they they fun. Right. Um one thing I regret that I didn't do, I was advised early on in my comedy career that I should do more on social media and I didn't because the examples that I was given were guys getting on social media, acting like women and, and doing, uh, doing little things. Uh, I, I had to be careful how you say things. They were, they would pretend that they were of another gender yeah. to be funny yeah. and they would dress up and, and, and that's what I saw and people were responding to, the, responding to that. And I refused. I thought I was too cool and too cute. It's not you, though. It's not you. To, to do that. And I didn't know nothing else. To, at that time, I couldn't afford to give you my show mm -hmm. on, on social media. Because if I gave you my show on social media, then what did I have to say to you when you came to see me? So I refused to do it. I, but I'm comfortable. I mean, God has given me everything I wanted to do in comedy, except make me rich and famous doing comedy. All, all the rest of it, he gave me to me. That's huge. What's next for you? I know how it's like, you know, the older we get, the visions that we had 10 years ago or the aspirations, we get a little older and then we might say, you know what? That's not really that important. You know, they change. So from where you're sitting now, what is it that, what's on your vision board? How would you like to continue on this path? What would you like to see happen for you? Well, so let me throw this out there. I, I am a partner slash owner um, in probably the only minority owned and operated solar panel company here in the state of North Carolina. We do residential solar, uh, co commercial solar, as well as we uh, do solar farms. I love that. What's the name of your company? It's called Affiliate Solar. And um, this is probably the first time that I have said it in a public forum that that's what I do outside of telling jokes. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm comfortable with that situation. Um, my bookings have picked up because things are freeing up now. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm, so I'm still available to do, you know, still to do comedy. Um, you just can't offer me peanuts. Right. Like, 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 like I, have, like I have accepted in the past because I just needed every show and I needed every penny and I needed every dime. Right. Um, I, I'm not, I'm not a cheap whore anymore. Um, <laughs> Bless your heart. <laughs> yeah. You know, at one point I, I laid down with anybody. You got, you got to pay, you're going to pay for these jokes and I'm not super expensive, but yeah. you, you know, you, you're not going to call me. You may call me, but you're not going to get the response that you're looking for. I'm just not going to do yeah. some of the things that I've done in the past. I did it because I love my family. This is what I had to do. But I have something now that's way more solid than, any, than anything else I probably ever had. Mm -hmm. So it gives me, I can say no to some things now that in the past I would say yes to. I understand. 
What's next for me? I still, in the back of my mind, I still would love to be on a higher platform in the comedy or entertainment industry. I, you know, it's, it's still in, on the inside. Yeah. But if it if it does if it doesn't happen, I, I'm good. I mean, for me to be to have done all of what I've done, yeah. toured with people, opened up for people, and you know, hundreds of hundreds of thousands of people know who I am. I love it. You know, and now I'm not famous. Now I can't walk in a room and everybody know who I am and all that. But but enough people do. Uh, yeah, I, I I have those moments that God every now and then makes me feel good about my talent because I'll be somewhere that I don't think nobody ought to know me. <laughs> and somebody will say, hey, ragged Christian. <laughs> and I'm looking like, what? OK, <laughs> what? Excuse me? <laughs> you, mean, you know, especially like when I'm in another state, I'm like what? <laughs> and, you know, and the stories, the stories of how people have heard me or had opportunity to see me there there was a bus line a local bus line and somehow i did a show solar dvd and my dvd became part of the of what you got to view mm-hmm. when you would get booked on when you would book this bus line to take you to atlantic city and florida and all this oh so cool that's cool and so I had people come, man, I, I was on a bus trip, man, and, 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 and I saw you. Right. And I'm sitting there, bus? <laughs> you seen me on a bus? Man, I ain't rode no, I ain't rode no bus. And, and, and so, you know, um, so cool. God is good. God is great. Let him thank you for what's on our plate. Uh, anyway. <laughs> um, Amen. <laughs> yeah. So listen, here's a question. How can people get up with you, follow you, and find out where you're going to be performing at so they can come and support and hear about being a raggedy Christian and all this good stuff? The quickest way to reach out to me is just find me on Facebook. Okay. You know, find me on Facebook, Les Long, L-E-S-L-O-N-G, or find me on Instagram, I am Les Long, mm-hmm. and, and DM me or message me. That's the quickest, easiest way to get one of the things you said earlier, and I love your choice of words, because you said, if you have a gift, capitalize on it, right? And I love that because it's not always, sometimes the gift is not always that you monetize. Maybe the gift is about helping other people in a way that makes enriches their life and in a way that gives your life um, more meaning, that it is rewarding, is something you do because you love it and because you can that it's part of your legacy. So I don't want anybody who's listening to think that, oh, if I have a gift, that it has to be the thing that brings me money. Because I think sometimes when you have a gift, when you start to make a business out of the gift, that's when sometimes for some people, it takes the joy out of it because now it's a business. It's not just you're doing it because you love it. Now it's all this other stuff. It's marketing. It's this, it's that. It's how do I make this business, you know? So sometimes don't feel like you always have to monetize or do whatever. You do what feels right for you, but it's about finding out what that gift is. Let me jump in there and say this. Yeah. What she's saying for y'all ignorant folks. (laughs) Come on now. Don't expect your gift to make money for you as soon as you decide or recognize your gift. Not at all. I've done a whole lot of stuff for free. And me too. I've done a whole lot of stuff for a little bit of nothing. That's right. I've been there too. The money will come as your gift gets better. Right. Indeed. Because you just ain't going to be good, all the way good at it initially. I don't care what it is. It's always going to get better. And the better you get and the more you work on it, then the more it'll give. I don't care what it is. Amen. Amen and amen. Hell for y'all ignorant folks that think because you can cook or <laughs> you can do whatever you do that somebody's gonna pay you top dollar for your look for your for your little plate for your little macaroni and cheese <laughs> your little macaroni and cheese you know you're trying to get roof crisp prices <laughs> for your little country macaroni and cheese it's good it's good but it's roof crisp <laughs> that's exactly right here's one last question for you tell me why you've chosen clean comedy it, it chose me. Mm. It chose me. Uh, a, a pastor came to me, was sent some people to me to do a show for a church. And at that time, I did not have a clean show. Okay. And um, they came to me and said, hey, we want you to perform for our Valentine's Day event. 
and uh, we 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 we're gonna have it at our church. And, and I'm looking at them. And I'm saying to myself, uh, "You know what I do, so why you want me in your church?" Indeed. <laughs> and and I'm like, you know, I said, I don't know if I can do that. And I said, I ain't never done no, you know, performing in a church. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I don't know if I, I don't, I don't really have that for you. Right. And they was like, "Well, we think you can do." It. I said, well, "I don't know about that." And they said, "Well." We don't pay. <laughs> you say what now? <laughs> we, don't, we don't pay. <laughs> like they, they sent some little pretty women to ask me. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's what the church did now. Right. <laughs> well, they sent the pretty woman with a plate and said, we will pay you. <laughs> It is Sister Maggie the head of the usher board. Uh-uh. They sent Sister Maggie's great granddaughter. <laughs> Video vixen. <laughs> Ask me to do a show at the church and then she gonna holler out, we don't pay. <laughs> I said, well, y'all finna get a show. <laughs> And I didn't have nothing. And I didn't know what I was going to do. That, you know, so I said, okay, I'll do it. Mm-hmm. And so I left them and went to one of my buddies. And, and I said, man, a church want me to do some comedy. They said, a church? Because at that time, church is going to do a comedy for the most part. Right, right. So I said, he said, a church wants you to perform. I said, yeah. They, they heard you before. I said, evidently not. <laughs> right. He said, uh, he said, what you going to do? I said, man, I told him, yes. I said, but I don't know. Right. He said, they're going to pay you? I said, yeah. Mm-hmm. He said, well, we're going to figure out something. And this right here gives honor to God. Okay. People think that, that you got to present yourself a certain way to get God's attention or get God to do what you want him to do in your life. Mm-hmm. So listen to this. Okay. So I said, yeah, they're going to pay you. He said, well, we're going we gonna to give them something. He said, now, I ain't no comedian. By no means, but he had a great sense of humor. Okay. And he was older than me. I mean, like 10 years older than me at that time. Mm-hmm. And he said, um, he said, I, I I'm not a comedian, he said, but I think I can tell you some funny situations. And then you figure out how to make it into a joke. Okay. I said, okay. Okay. I'm going back to this. God can bless you in the midst of mess. Mm. So don't think you got to be a certain way in order to be blessed. So he went and got a a, a bowl, put some ice in it. He got a soda. He got two glasses and a bottle of scotch. Okay. An ink pen and a pad. Okay. Sat it all in front of me. And I put together what is the basis or the core of my clean set to this day. Wow. By the time we got to the bottom of that fifth of scotch, <laughs> I wrote what would be the reason why you wanted to talk to me today. Isn't that something? I wrote my first set of clean jokes mm-hmm. at the bottom of a bottle of scotch. Come on now, somebody. I went to that church, first clean set out. Yeah. Kill. Love it. Been killing them now for over 10 years straight. Clean. I still cuss. Sure. You book me for a club or something. I don't get bold, too vulgar. Yeah. And I'm careful of the curse words that I use. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you, you catch me in a regular conversation at your cookout, invite me to your cookout. Oh, you going to hear some curse words. Sure. Yeah. But that's what God done for me. I love that. And I'm so glad he did. It was calling you. Everybody kept telling you, you need to do it. But it took you to say, I'm going to really do this thing. So thank you for that, for uh, sharing your gift with the world, for making us laugh, and um, just for bringing your light and your beautiful energy. And thank you so much for just coming on the Urban Parlay podcast. I know that people have been blessed by this candid conversation, and they have had some laughter and been inspired by your story and by your journey. So thank you. I did not... uh, welcome you three times, but I'm going to um, say goodbye three times. How you say goodbye three times? <laughs> Glad you came. Glad you arrived. 
And God bless your leaving. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. <laughs> Amen. If all hearts and minds are clear. <laughs> Listen, Les, thank you again for saying yes. Um, I bid you adieu. For those of you who are listening, thank you so much for tuning into the Urban Parlay podcast. I'm your host, Sandra DeBose, and we have enjoyed Mr. Les Long. Make sure you connect with him on Facebook and on Instagram, Les Long, and invite him to be a part of your cookout, uh, your church services, your conferences, because he'll bring all his light, his love, and he's going to tell you about you raggedy Christians. So until next time, I wish you peace. And I wish you blessings. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode of the Urban Parlay podcast. If you have enjoyed this content, please go ahead and subscribe and then invite all your friends. Tell them to come hang out and vibe with your new tribe. If you would like to support with a donation, you can do so via Cash App at dollar sign Urban Parlay podcast and via PayPal at paypal.me forward slash urban parlay. Thanks. It's the urban parlay. Vibe with the tribe right here on the urban parlay.